Where in hell can you go? Far from the things that you know Far from the sprawl of concrete That keeps crawling its way Keep your heart off your sleeve Guppy Productions present From Colchester to Sulawesi Written for Colm Radio by Phil Boast and Paula Larcher. Episode 25. Preparing to leave. The weeks between our arrival back in Colchester and our next and last departure are like a kind of half-life, which we know will end soon. So we may as well make the most of it and, aside from anything else, enjoy our time with the family and friends. We decide that I'll work up to near the end, since mine is now our only income and the extra paycheck will be handy. So I formally inform the relevant government department that I'll be leaving or taking my career break. And aside from lunch with some of my closest colleagues, not much will be made of it work-wise. This is not retirement or resignation after all. And as far as anyone knows, myself included, I might be back in two years' time or less should things go quickly and disastrously wrong. Certain important family things have to be done during this time, and one of these is second Christmas, since Phil and I weren't around last December to celebrate with the kids. This does not involve a Christmas tree, but we decorate Carol's extensive dining table, give each other presents, and Carol cooks a turkey with all the trimmings for the omnivores and makes a nut roast for Phil and I. And there's Christmas pudding, of course, and crackers, which have been saved for the occasion. The kids invite best friends, and a fine and festive time is had by all. The only essential difference to their first Christmas being that we're in the midst of a heatwave, so it's much warmer than the average first Christmas. The talk around the dining table revolves largely around Bahowo, and the kids recount with enthusiasm some of their experiences during their last trip, such as being sent into the village to buy eggs from Mr Rudin's mini-shop so that they could practice their Indonesian. It's nice for us that they connected so well with Bahowo. They clearly had such a great time, which was far removed from anything they'd experienced before. And we regale them with more tales of songcocks and so on, or just retell some of the old ones, which lose nothing in the retelling. Alex and Edward loved the diving with Phil, and all three of them, Hattie included, are very keen to return as soon as they can. And Carol is now under pressure. I'm redundant. For the first time since leaving college and setting up in business, I don't have any work. Which is an odd feeling, but John and Carol need a terrace in the back garden. I have nothing else to do, so we agree that I will build them one. This gives me a sense of purpose for at least some of the intervening weeks, and I'm grateful to them for providing it, and I haven't quite hung up my tools for good yet. I can't quite bear to sell the Land Rover, so instead I give it to John. John is a keen collector and rebuilder of cars and motorbikes anyway, and has several in various stages of repair. So the Landy and Paula's much-loved racing green Mini will be given garage or garden space. I don't in general share John's love of cars, but the Landy's been my faithful and always reliable workhorse for years. And this way I will have a working vehicle should everything go wrong over there 
and I need to start the business up again. We are hoping for the best, of course. We hope that the rest of our working lives will be spent in our tropical paradise, but there's no harm in preparing for the worst, and we're as prepared as we reasonably can be for any eventuality. There are no guarantees, after all, and any number of things could go wrong. The Indonesians may decide that they don't want us over there after all, or the guests might not turn up. Oni might have more influence and bad intent than we hope is the case, or Mount Lokon might happen to choose this year, in all of geological time, to blow itself to death in a final blaze of volcanic glory and take the lodge with it. If any of these things happen, we'll have another life to come back to, unless in the latter scenario we happen to be in the lodge at the time, in which case any and all future plans become academic. Going to leave this broke-down palace On my hands and my knees I will roll, roll, roll Make myself a bed by the water side In my time, in my time I will roll, roll, roll In a bed, in a bed by the water side I will lay my head, listen to the river Sing sweet songs to rock my soul do 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 Listen to the river sing sweet songs to rock my soul. River gonna take me, sing me sweet and sleepy. Sing me sweet and sleepy all the way back home. It's a foggone lullaby sung many years ago. Mama, mama, many worlds I've come since I first left home. Fare you well, fare you well. I love you more than words can tell. Listen to the river sing sweet songs to rock my soul. This is also a time for getting together with friends. We are of an age now where large social gatherings are a rarity. Our friends by now tending to be spread far and wide across the country or around the world. And reactions to our plans vary from brave and inspired to completely insane. The truth probably lying somewhere between these extremes. But they all promise to come and see us when we're settled. Carol and I shop for certain essential items. We always need more curtains and towels. And some items for the kitchen aren't for sale in Monado, such as a potato peeler and egg cups. We won't be able to take everything. We'll have to prioritise, and we fill drawers in the Oriental suite with things to bring over in the future. We'll also have to cart our laptop over, as those aren't available for sale either. But we draw the line at taking over any foodstuffs, the only exception to this rule being Marmite in quantity, without which Phil doesn't think he'll survive for long, so that goes on the shopping list. Digestive biscuits and anything other than powdered milk he has agreed to forego as a concession to living in the tropics. We are moving to a place of very few dairy products. North Sulawesi is one of the few places in the world which uses cows as opposed to bullocks as beasts of burden. And the cows pull the carts around the plantations. Their milk is for the calves and they're far too valuable to eat. 
I phone Oni sometimes and hear reports of the church being built and then of the old church being demolished. The timing of this somehow having to allow for the Pentecostal congregation to continue to have somewhere to congregate, whilst allowing enough time to excavate and build the swimming pool before our return. Indonesians work quickly if the money continues to flow, there's a lot to do and it's going to be tight. But the nearer it gets to the end, the more hopeful I become that everything's going to get finished somehow. We've had a website designed, which we're not very happy with, but it'll do for now and until we get back to take some better photos, so at least the world can begin to know we're there, or will soon be there. Our intention and hope has always been to provide accommodation somewhere between the big hotels and the basic homestays, both in terms of cost and comfort, and all is based on the belief that Bunakan Park will continue to increase in popularity over the coming years. All of our rooms are en suite and air-conditioned, so the basics are covered, and otherwise, having travelled the world and stayed everywhere from the most basic to the most luxurious, we have an idea of what European or Australian travellers want. Better, we think, to provide excellent Indonesian food than badly cooked burger and chips, and a Western presence, which will be us, will, we hope, be a point of connection between our future guests and Indonesia. If this is going to work in the long term, then we'll be a big part of it, and so will the village. It's going to be very much a joint effort, which will, we hope, benefit everyone concerned. At least that will be our philosophy. Whether it will work or not remains to be seen. About two weeks before our departure, Carol finally gives in and agrees to take the children back. Flights are quickly booked, and they'll be travelling with us when we go. Mummy will also be coming, and so will Janet. So it's going to be a soft landing for us. It also gives me a lot more luggage capacity, so once again the children's clothes allowance is severely restricted in favour of soft furnishings, vacuum-packed pillows and so on. John won't be coming, he has to work. But the first couple of weeks of our new life will be spent with the family, and we're both pleased about this. I do what I hope will be my last week's work as a civil servant. I hang up my suit, put my smart shoes in the bottom of the wardrobe, and the last days in England are spent in final preparation for departure. It's all a bit of a rush, of course. No matter how well we think we've planned everything, there are always last-minute things to take care of. But finally we get there and spend our last night at Carol's. It's going to be an early start in the morning, and Phil and I retire early and try to sleep. But we don't sleep, not for long anyway. This is a day which we've been working for and waiting for for a long time. And finally it's here. And tomorrow morning when the alarm goes off, it begins. We've respectively closed down our business and given up our job. And from now on it's us together and Indonesia. Which is an exciting and uncertain future in about equal measure. And phew, who needs sleep anyway? Motherland, cradle me, close my eyes, lullaby me to sleep, keep me safe, lie with me, stay beside me, don't go, don't you go. Find out what further adventures are in store for Phil and Paula as they travel from Colchester to Sulawesi in the next episode of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. 
Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. 